Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Pam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey NASCAR fans, welcome back to a new episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee and she is Tam. Hey, hey to the hey. Hey Tam. Hey. <laughs> What's up with you Renee? <laughs> All right, you got some wind today. I got some wind and everything else. I feel like we haven't talked NASCAR forever. Maybe because we're filming the episode, not filming. I always want to say filming. You guys know what I mean. Yep. We're recording the episode a little bit later than we usually do. And then two for the previous weeks, because the races have been on Saturday, we've been recording earlier. It feels like it's been forever, but I'm glad to talk to you. Absolutely. It's always great hearing your voice. It's always good hearing, talking and teas. Well, uh, I can't wait to uh, get this podcast started. How was your weekend though? Weekend was most excellent, Renee. And what did I do? I can't recall. I don't know what it is with me in this weekend thing. I know you had a fabulous weekend. I saw you at the beach. You went to the Angels game. Yeah. I need your life. (laughs) Well, and you know this already because we talked about this earlier in the weekend, but I was supposed to go to Vegas, you know, not surprising to you or any of our listeners. And it didn't work out. The funny thing is, is when I can't go to the places that I really, really want to go, I find things to do to really just kind of make it seem like I've gone somewhere. And even though I may be around locally, I always make it a fabulous time no matter where I'm at. I don't care if it's down the street to the (laughs) 7-Eleven. Well, Renee, I got a secret. I'm a little envious of your life. I feel like I never get an invite because I know you went bowling. And that's a special thing that we share. We're both bowlers. I did not get an invite. That's right. So not only did I not get an invite to the bowling alley, like, okay, you know what? Dang, I'm not a cheap date, but I can't be. Can I I hang out with you one weekend? (laughs) In fact, you know what? Okay, Renee, for our listeners out there, We have been kind of working with Kingsford, and you guys know Kingsford. If you barbecue, you know Kingsford. So this is definitely a shout-out to Kingsford. If it sounds like a shout-out, yeah, it is about to be a shout-out because, oh, you know what? Okay, just kind of backtracking. Remember that whole time we went on the whole thing about Louisiana hot sauce? Yes. I kind of feel like that's about to be one of these hashtag Tam's rant. (laughs) But instead of talking about hot sauce... I'm going to be talking about barbecue. And you guys heard it. Renee said we can hang out. Hint, hint. Yeah. I have a box of Kingsford pellets oh. in various flavors. Since you said we can hang out, I'm going to hold you to it. You can bring the meat to put on the grill. I'll call my boy Sherman. You can call Jack and we can see who else we can get out there. Maybe my girl Jill. And let's do a barbecue next week. And the fact that I am from Texas and I love barbecue and I love to barbecue, I am in. I am all in, Tim. Just say when and the place and we'll make that happen. Okay, so you heard it here first. Now, if it don't happen, that's because Renee went to Las Vegas. (laughs) (laughs) 
but I'm going to hold him to it because this is just not fair that every week he shares all these lovely stories about Las Vegas and going to check out some EDM concert and all that good stuff. And every weekend, I cannot recall what I did. <laughs> and, and you guys know, I do live somewhat of a fabulous life when I'm out there, but it's been a little drab lately. We haven't talked about it in a while, but I'll be back on the track because I know you guys love when I'm at the track. I know this is really far in advance, but I am confirmed to be at the Bristol Night Race in Bristol, Tennessee. All right. August, I think it's August 18th or August 17th. So I'll be at that race and I will actually be live tweeting live posting, live Instagram stories, and all that great stuff. I'll be doing it from our account as well as the drive.com's account. And I will be out there hanging out with Kelly Blue Book. And I am hoping to snag a couple of minutes with Chase Elliott to talk to him. So not that I haven't interviewed him in the past, but it's been a while. So stay tuned for that. We just did a whole hashtag Tam's Rant. We did hashtag where is Renee, hashtag where is Tam. Now we're going to do hashtag NASCAR before we even get completely immersed into our NASCAR talk. I'm going to give you guys the past 10 winters. No, not past 10 winters. I must be thinking of what's the show on HBO? Oh, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. It's not even coming back to next year. I have winters, winners, and all this, but okay, so let's get to New Hampshire. New Hampshire is a far cry from Game of Thrones, but you guys knew what I meant. Our top 10 winners at New Hampshire, and why are we giving you this? Because sometimes we talk and we go deep on NASCAR, and you need to know and have a recap of what happened at the race. Let's do it. Kevin Harvick did a little bump and run on Kyle Busch to come in first. Kyle Busch came in second. Eric Amarola third. Martin Truex Jr. fourth. Chase Elliott fifth. Ryan Newman sixth. Ryan Blaney seventh. Kurt Busch eighth. Joy Logano ninth. And Jimmy Johnson tenth. Because we are approaching playoff time, I want to give you guys the playoff standing. So today, if the playoffs started... Your boy Kevin Harvick is in and he finally dethroned Kyle Busch from that top spot. And then, of course, it would be Kyle Busch. Rounding out the big three would be Truex Jr. Fourth, my man, hey, Clint, Clint Boyer is in the playoffs. Joe Logano would be in fifth. Eric Jones is in the playoffs if they start today. Austin Dillon, Kurt Busch. Brad Kozlowski, Kyle Larson, Ryan Blaney, Denny Hamlin, Eric Amarola, Jimmy Johnson, and Chase Elliott, and Alex Bowman. The three Hendrick guys are rounding out the last three spots of the playoffs if they started today. Who's on the bubble is Ricky Stenhouse Jr. And we already know what happened last week, or was that week before last, when he went for it. Because now, if you don't have the win, you will find yourself in the same predicament as Stenhouse. And he is not in the playoffs. And surprisingly, Paul Menard is right there with Ricky Stenhouse. Feasibly, you know, if Paul finishes well, maybe the next two races, he could probably get himself a position in the playoffs. 
And Tim, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw Ricky Stenhouse in the next several races driving aggressively again. But I wouldn't also be surprised if you see Paul Menard trying to do something to propel him over into the top places of of getting into that playoff. Well, you don't feel like Stenhouse learned his lesson already? I'm like, just chill, just chill. I don't know if he'll he'll drive as aggressively, but but I wouldn't be surprised if he if he tried some moves to try to really get himself into the playoff because it is crunch time and and I understand these guys are trying to get in and as we say get in where they fit in, but it's it's down to crunch time and you got to do something to to really kind of uh, propel yourself and leapfrog these other guys because the, Paul Menard and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. are literally sitting on that bubble on the outside looking in and. uh you know, they all want to get into the playoffs. Here's a question for you, Renee. We saw what happened. Kevin Harvick bumped Kyle Busch, moved him out the way for the win. I personally kind of felt that he was going to win. Anyway, his car just looked a little bit stronger than Kyle Busch as they were approaching the finish line. There was some controversy because, well, it really wasn't, to be honest, because I, I kind of felt that everybody was like, it's all fair in love and war. But after the race, Kyle Busch said, how you race is how you get race. Booyah. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Of course, this is a play on what happened a couple of weeks ago when him and Kyle Larson exchanged some pain. Yeah. When it comes to Kyle Busch, you just have to take everything (laughs) that he says in a way that you go, okay, whatever he says, he means. Now, how he meant it is now the, the question that I was trying to ask myself. Like, how did he mean that? Did he mean like maybe as saying the way he races is the way that he got raced? Or is he trying to say, okay, well, Harvick, the way you raced me is the way I'm going to race you in the future. And that is something that I kept trying to listen to over and over again and how he he meant that. Because, Tim, if you listen to the, the first part of the interview right after the race on the racetrack, he really didn't go after Harvick the way that, in a sense, that he was very angry about it because he was really talking about how he had troubles with his car in general all weekend. They never really could get past it, and, and they were just having trouble with it the whole weekend to the point where it was like, you know, gosh, it's kind of annoying, and we're going to try to fix it, but we never could get it fixed, and we really didn't have the strongest car. And to me, that made it seem like, well, he knew he probably wasn't going to win the race. And the fact that Kevin Harvick did that, to me, in my eyes, I was looking at it in a sense of like, well, Harvick, I think Harvick knew he was going to win that race, and he just went ahead and just said, Kyle, you know what? Go ahead and move on over. I'm going to win this race anyway. I'm just going to help get you out of the way because you're trying not to get out of the way on purpose. So I'm going to help you get out of the way so I can win this race. And maybe Kyle still didn't like that and I don't blame him. But you know what? At the end of the day, it's just racing. And that's the way I looked at it. It's just plain old racing. I don't think that this is going to evolve into anything in the next uh, race or, or the one after. But Kyle just said what he said, and I don't think he meant any like anything longevity to that to that statement. Well, that's an interesting point of view. I can't say I agree or disagree. What I do know is that the big three is dominating. And I kind of feel like I don't necessarily feel as if Martin Truex Jr. has it in him to race like that. But I feel like moving forward, we may see more of that between Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick. Any thoughts you think we may see more? I I, I don't know. Don't be surprised if we do, Tam. Don't be surprised if we do. You guys are already in the playoffs with multiple wins and you're still going hard in the paint. 
Yeah, see, and that's what I love about it. You're still going hard in the paint. <laughs> exactly. We have, as a NASCAR nation, we have beat the term big three in the head. It's interesting because I believe it was Jeff Gluck. I saw somebody on Twitter actually asked a question who actually coined the term big three for NASCAR. And I was saying to myself, it doesn't even matter at this point because, you know, with NASCAR, once we get a hold of something, we just wear it in the ground like there's nothing else going on. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Bubba Wallace. Shouts out to Bubba Wallace. He was named as one of the top 50 most influential sports figures. Personally, I get it. He's an African-American driver. But then on the flip side, I'm like, well, is he really influential outside of NASCAR? I mean, and that's, that's a tough one. Don't get me wrong. Like, no shade to Bubba at all whatsoever. So if that came out like I was shading, I wasn't. So don't go there. But I'm just really being <laughs> honest. To me, when you say top 50 influential sports figures, I'm thinking on a global scale. Right. So I'm actually really thinking like, okay, who knows Bubba in China? Right. Who knows LeBron in China? Yeah, a bunch of people. Who knows, you know, Sebastian Vettel in China? A bunch of people. On the bigger scheme of things, well, they didn't. It was 50. So I guess, I don't know. What do you think, Renee? I think when you look at it that way, you are absolutely correct in the sense of like, well, everybody knows LeBron. Everybody knew Kobe. Everybody knew Michael Jordan. Basketball is such a worldwide played sport. And those countries uh, over there, Soccer is is big, so so soccer players would be well known. NASCAR is just not that sport that's all around the world. There's not Chinese NASCAR drivers. Uh, there's not Brazilian NASCAR drivers that make this sport so worldwide. And even though it's a sport here, it, I mean, we're having problems trying to get a fan base for NASCAR by itself here in in, in our country, much less outside this country. So it, it's just not that kind of a big of a sport where everybody's going to know Bubba. And it's different and it's hard to, to compare him to somebody like LeBron, uh, who is obviously well known around the world. And I, I wouldn't say it's unfortunate. I think it's just of what the, the, the circumstances are of the sport that he's in. We love NASCAR. We know Bubba Wallace. But unfortunately, he's just not well known to worldwide people because of the sport itself. And that's not his fault. That's just the way NASCAR is. Just one little correction. It was the most influential people in sports culture. Ah, okay. Not that that makes that much of a difference in the way I phrased it, but I just wanted to clarify that. Got it. In case someone wanted to know. Well, we root for Bubba. I want to see that guy win, but I feel like in order to win, you got to win. It's almost like he's set up to fail because the equipment is not the best that he's in. Somebody can argue that he's doing the best he can in the equipment. But then, you know, there's the flip side to that argument as to is he really? Because we saw him at Daytona finish second, and then it's just been downhill ever since. We will see. I feel as if he has the potential to really rise to the top and become influential and and very popular. And I think, too, maybe we're just based on what I said earlier and based on what you said, maybe we're looking at it not necessarily as being influential versus being popular. Right. But I mean, I guess to me, you have to be popular to have 
that type of influence. Yeah, I read that article that can't remember the guy's name that did it, uh, but he made a good point about how he watched Tiger Woods come up in a in a predominantly white sport, the Williams sisters coming up in a predominantly white sport. And I can only hope that Bubba in NASCAR can do the same. And I'm like you, Tam. I'm rooting for this kid. I, I really am. And he l- loves NASCAR. He loves driving. He loves racing. He loves being competitive. And I love watching this kid race. And I, and I really wish him the best. And, I, and I'm rooting for him just as much as anybody else and just as much as you are. And boom, there it is. <laughs> okay, switching topics, but still stand on the topic of growth and influence. NASCAR, some would say they have lost all their influence. And then others would say they're just in a transition. There was a really in-depth article on Forbes.com, which Forbes tends to do very in-depth articles to the point where sometimes the articles that Forbes do on NASCAR pisses people off. This article basically went on and on and on to discuss the topic of whether or not NASCAR is dying versus being in transition. And the title, in case you guys want to Google it on Forbes.com, is NASCAR isn't dying, but insiders see a sport in transition. Article was really in-depth. There were quotes from Jeff Gordon, who talked about the changing of the guard happening with him and Earnhardt Jr., as well as Tony Stewart and Danica Patrick retiring. Here's my thought process, and and the article kind of covered it as well in regards to how do you satisfy core fans while bringing in and attracting new fans? That is the million-dollar question. I feel like we talk about it every week. It comes up a lot about the state of NASCAR. A lot of the bashing of NASCAR, when people talk about the decline, some of this is just a natural decline in the sense that, and we've talked about it several times, kids aren't watching TV and people have lives. So we're not always home watching NASCAR. Think about it. I consume a lot of NASCAR and I'm usually 90% of the time at home to watch NASCAR But I make a point to do that because I write about NASCAR and we do our podcast. But for somebody like you, Renee, you have a very active life and you're an adult, but you don't always have time to sit at home to watch NASCAR. With viewership being down and fans not coming to the stands, I just think that is a natural progression as to where we are in terms of life. This is not like the 70s and the 80s. In the 90s, not that people didn't have lives then. Don't get me wrong if it's sounding like I'm like, oh, my God. When the races are on Saturdays, your kid is old. But I have friends that have kids and their lives is soccer practice, basketball practice, (laughs) piano lessons. One of my friend's daughters is in Spanish class and then they go to etiquette school. It's just not enough time. Yeah feel as if that many people fell out of love with NASCAR. I just think that, I mean, there are some people who have fallen out of love of NASCAR, whether they're mad about the playoffs, the chase format, or well, we don't call it the chase anymore, but the the playoff format and all that stuff. But yeah, I just think it's a sign of the times. Yeah, I don't know. The thing we have to remember too, is that the, the world we live in today, Tam, and every parent will agree with this, 
And any young millennial out there will agree with this. We live in a world where social media has taken over everything. These sports have to, and especially NASCAR, have to compete with just dealing with the social media aspect of things. But the great thing about it is, is that we also live in a world where you don't have to be home to watch TV. Not only our kids, but we can watch sports on our phone. We have access to watching stuff on our phone. And if you don't think that when I have to go to work sometimes, when the World Cup was playing, you, you better know that I was watching World Cup on my, on my cell phone. <laughs> so if NASCAR can find a way to really reach out to the newer fan base, the younger fan base, and if you want to call them the millennials, then so be it. But if they can reach out to that fan base and give them an easier access to watch that on their phone when they want to, I'm sure that they have access to watch it from their cell phone. They don't have to be at home. So I know they have busy schedules. And I know parents have busy schedules. We all have busy schedules. But that's the great thing about the world we live in and the technology we have, Tim. You can watch anything on the go. It is absolutely fantastic. I'm sure that there's probably been many a times where you're watching stuff on your phone. We've talked about it many a times on this podcast. I'm sure when we're out at our barbecue, we're going to be watching on our phone. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, we, prob- <laughs> we probably will, Tim. We'll see how it works. I mean, here's, like I said, the million dollar question. Like. The article proposed, it says executives throughout NASCAR seek to balance core fans and bring in new ones. Whether or not that will happen is yet to be unseen. And even just taking a a one step further, the article also goes in depth and talks about NASCAR fan loyalty. And it pretty much poses the question, is the driver to sponsoring success? NASCAR loyalty is kind of wavering and thus why sponsorship is wavering. On that note, there was also another article. I believe that article was in the Charlotte Observer. Am I not mistaken? The article that pretty much talked about can NASCAR repair its lost connection with fading fans? Yeah. There were so many articles. I, I, I may be getting them a little bit. Well, I didn't get the Forbes article confused but i'm not 100 percent sure yeah are you talking about the one that you what we were just talking about the transition one let me pull it up real quick you guys hold on i know that article i believe touched on whether or not nascar can repair its lost connection with um the fading fan base oh okay and that's kind of It's just ironic that both of those articles, the Forbes article and Charlotte Observer actually does really good with digging and, you know, going all in on the story. We actually read a lot of their NASCAR coverage each week. It's almost like sometimes I feel like we're beating a dead horse in the head, whether we're talking about NASCAR transitioning, we're talking about millennials in NASCAR, as we know, NASCAR is back on their whole kids drive NASCAR kick again. It's just never ending. We love the sport. We'll see how it all plays out. I feel like every journalist, every analyst, and every fan in America is going to be talking about the same thing for the next year. Probably. And and going into the the, the year following as well. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to take a while. It's going to take a while, Tam. But I'm pretty sure NASCAR, hopefully they'll figure this out. They'll get it right. They have no choice. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's like evolve or die. Yep. Okay, so moving on, let's jump into our fan comment of the week. Let's do this it. week's 
Yeah, let's do it. This week, we're going to take a combination of comments from our Twitter chat, which you guys, if you haven't joined us, make sure to join us. We do our Twitter chat almost every single Monday. Some Mondays we take off, but almost every single Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Twitter. And our Twitter user is at turns no breaks. Again, that's turns no breaks. And typically what we do is we take questions from you, the fans. Are we find questions? Are we find topics on the internet? And, you know, we talk about them. So this week we found a question on the NASCAR Reddit board. And we took that and we made it another question to our Twitter followers. Someone on NASCAR Reddit posed the question, you are suddenly a NASCAR Cup Series team owner and need to hire four drivers. Who do you pick? And then it goes on to talk about all equipment is equal for simplicity's sake and blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, nobody read the fine print. All we read was you're a NASCAR Cup team owner and you can pick four drivers. So Renee, before I go into any fan comments, I want to hear from the number one fan of this podcast. Well, I guess you are half a number one because I'm the other half. (laughs) That's right. Who would be your four drivers if you were suddenly a NASCAR Cup owner and you could pick any four drivers to drive for you? Uh, Wow, boy, this is kind of tough. But uh, if I'm going to go with right now, right off the top of my head, oh, boy, the the one thing I want to look at is the veteranship of a driver the popularity of a driver, and the personality of a driver. And I want to go with all three of those and that stand out in those particular categories. So I, I think what I would do is I would definitely go with Kyle Busch. I would definitely go with Kevin Harvick. I would definitely go with Chase Elliott, young driver, popular, very likable. And well, I, that fourth one, see, that fourth one is where it kind of comes because I want to go with another young driver. In this particular instance right now, I'd probably have to go with Clint Boyer. So I think I would go with Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, Chase Elliott as my young buck, and I'd still have to go with Clint Boyer as my fourth driver just because of the personality issue that he comes with. And and not saying that Kyle Busch doesn't have personality, but I think I think the two good personalities with Kyle Busch and, and Clint Boyer really shine. For the non-personality that not not that Kevin Harvick doesn't have personality, but uh, but he does race hard. Uh, and then I would go with Chase Elliott. So th- those are my four drivers. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, I read dozens of comments, whether it was people who commented on the NASCAR Reddit board or people who commented in our Twitter chat. And what seemed to be a reoccurring theme was that everybody was picking Kyle Busch and Kyle Larson. Oh, wow. There were no Jimmy Johnsons that I can remember, which I was shocked <laughs> because I'm like, dude, he's a seven-time champ. You don't want him on your team? I know. I can't say I would pick him on my team either, but I was just shocked reading the comments. So I'm going to read some of the combinations off, some of the more logical combinations. But before I go to the logical combinations, I am going to go with this person named Patrick, his... um. NASCAR Reddit username is Cart of Tomorrow. His picks were so outrageous. And well, you know what? They were his picks. So we shouldn't say they were outrageous. Right. <laughs> his picks were interesting. Okay. So he said that he would pick Mike 
Harmon, Derek Cope, Carl Long, and Brian Scott. I don't know where he put those names from, but one of the commenters said, dude, people would stop watching NASCAR because that team would be <laughs> too dominant. Shaking my head. Are those family members of his? Oh, <laughs> I'm going to go with interesting and I'm going to I'm going to back you up by saying outrageous because that is insane. <laughs> yeah. And then somebody wrote, give me four Danicas. I think maybe that was a joke. Yeah, probably so. And then somebody replied and says, so they can all complain that you're giving the others better equipment. Yeah. And then somebody's responded and said, oh, God, the repair bill. And be ready in case two of the Danicas crash each other. (laughs) (laughs) And then the other person said the T-shirt sales alone would be would cover everything. Oh my God. Okay, so I have to read some of the funnier ones before I get into some of the serious ones. Someone and this person's user is It's Denny Time 11. They wrote Joey Logano, still young, and he's a contender. Denny Hamlin, veteran presence. Kyle Larson, another young contender. And Christopher Bill, and they wrote Stud. My thing is, is that this is it. We can't keep considering Kyle Larson a young gun. This is his last year. We've already discussed that. Next year, he'll be six years in cup. He's a veteran. Some of the people's picks, this one person said, Corey LaJoy. Like, really? Okay. John Hunter Numachek. I get that one. Daniel Hermick. They said, basically, if these guys were in good equipment, it would work. Now, some of the logical ones this guy, Jones77 underscore Truex78, he wrote Matt Kenseth, Carl Edwards! There you go. Eric Jones and Christopher Bell. That's what I'm talking about. That's a good lineup there. I, here's I like another that person with this, Danica Patrick, Michael Arnett, Angela Roop, Mike Seneca. Uh, like, I think I'm mispronouncing Mike's last name. But yeah, okay. So let me get to some cup drivers, some current cup drivers. Yeah. This person says Kyle Busch, Joy Logano, Kyle Larson, and Chase Elliott. Then we had another person say Larson, Blaney, Logano, and Elliott. And those were all from the NASCAR Reddit board. Let's jump over to our Twitter chat and see what we had for that. Let's see. We had had a lot of new people who chimed in on our Twitter chat. Shout out to all the new folks that are just discovering us. Mick Rose, who is a longtime follower of ours on Twitter, and I don't want to call him a follower. He's a friend of ours on Twitter. His user is GoDucks42 underscore Mick. Mick chimed in and said Kyle Larson, Kyle Bush, Christopher Bell, and Ryan Blaney. Let's see. This is a new person, Jared Pulaski. 75 and that's jared j-a-r-e-d last name p-o-l-a-n-s-k-y 75 he said if i had to make a cup series team i'd have to go with kyle bush matt de benedetto ross chaston and mcdriver and mcdriver is actually michael mcdowell and he used their Twitter username, so that's why I didn't know who it was. But yeah, that's Michael McDowell. So that's an interesting pick. And I'll just read one more at random. I'm like, who picked this? Okay, so 
Jeffrey Wright, his user is Jeffrey L. Wright, number one. He said that he would go with Kevin Harvick, Matt DiBenedetto, Justin Allgaier, and James Busher. Okay. And then actually somebody wrote that they would pick Jeffrey Earnhardt and Ryan Truex. Ironically, and I'm I'm going to close out this little conversation, we got a lot of people when they were making their teams, they picked Xfinity drivers. Yeah, I was going to say, wow. And see me, if I got a team, there may be one young shining star out of the Xfinity group of drivers, but I'm going with some people who have already won. Because the learning curve to come into NASCAR, Xfinity is practice until you make it to the big league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was interesting. We got a lot of people who weighed in on that. One last comment, even though I know I said the last one was the last comment, but uh, loose underscore lug underscore nut. He said Ryan Blaney, Kevin Harvick, Matt DiBenedetto, and Joy Logano. Matt has a lot of fans out there, clearly. Yeah. We'll see. One day he'll be in some great equipment. Yeah, yeah. We'll see if he wins. <laughs> One of these days. <laughs> okay, Renee. So it is time for some predictions. Here we go. Let's do these predictions real quick. It's time for Tam and Renee's race predictions. All righty. And I'm going to switch it up before I let you give your predictions. I'm going to give everyone listening, including you, the past 10 winners at Pocono because we are headed to Pocono. And I said Pocono, not Poconos, because I usually say Poconos, but right. we are headed to Pocono this week. Our past 10 winners at Pocono include 2008, my man Carl Edwards, 2009, Denny Hamlin, 2010, Greg Biffle, 2011, Brad Kozlowski, 2012. Jeff Gordon, 2013, Casey Kane, 2014, Dale Jr., 2015, Matt Kenseth, 2016, Chris Buescher, his only cup win, and 2017 was Kyle Busch. And notables, Denny Hamlin is a four-time winner at Pocono, and Kurt and Jimmy Johnson, and that's Kurt as in Kurt Busch, and Jimmy Johnson are three-time winners at Pocono. Now that you have the facts, Renee, who you got? All right. Well, based on what you just said, I'm going to go with somebody who desperately needs a win. Well, he doesn't need a win, but I'm sure he would love to win. He's uh, currently, uh, as far as the standings are concerned, already in the playoff. But don't think he doesn't want to win this race just as much as any of these other guys trying to get into the playoff race. So I'm going to go with Denny Hamlin as my winner. And as my alternative pick, I'm going to go with Brad Keselowski. I think these two guys are really going to try to do something this weekend. And I know I said that last weekend about Brad Keselowski. And I still think Brad is going to race hard, just like anybody else. But the fact that, that Denny Hamlin just does well at this particular track. And I know the top three are going to be in the top three. But uh, don't be surprised if Denny Hamlin comes out of the woodwork and pulls a rabbit out of the hat and wins this race this weekend, Tam. Those are my picks, and I'm sticking with them. Okay, so my picks. Now that you heard from Renee, now you got to hear from the expert. Roll, roll, I'm just please. kidding. <laughs> oh, you missed that joke, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said, now that you heard from Renee, you got to hear from the expert. Ah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to go with Kurt Busch to win at Pocono, and here's why. 
he he has to show up. I, I've said this before. He's tired of his teammates getting all the love. Everybody's tired of the big three. Yeah. Kurt Busch wants some of that. So I feel like he can win. And my alternative is going to be, hmm, good question. But I, I think I'm, you know what? I'm going with a Bush and a Bush. So that's Kurt Busch as my winner and Kyle Bush as my alternative. <laughs> going with the Bush and the Bush. That just sounded funny. I, <laughs> but very interesting picks, Tam, and I, and I love it. And listen, guys, you know, we always thank you guys for listening. And for Tam and myself, there's nothing more we like for you guys to chime in on anything that we say. Correct us on anything. Thank you just so much for listening. Make sure to, to search for All Turns No Breaks on Apple Podcasts if you have an iPhone. If you have Google Play, if you are on an Android. Uh, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode of us. Uh, you can also find the podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, and wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find All Turns No Breaks on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram across the board at Turns No Breaks. Make sure to follow us and sign up for our newsletter. For Tam and myself, thanks for joining us, and we will look forward to talking NASCAR with you next week. Bye-bye! And barbecue. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 